Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Happy New Year, Joe. Happy New Year, Leland. What what kind of crazy plans did Joe Deck get into for the New Year's? Everything was canceled. Stuff? Everything was canceled. <laughs> uh, New Year's Eve Michael was Scott canceled. Michael warned you that he was going to cancel everything. <laughs> yeah, New Year's Eve was canceled. New Year's Day was canceled. Although we did have a plan B for New Year's Day, which was John Leonard, friend of the podcast, coming over, watching the nice. uh, Fiesta Bowl and watching Notre Dame uh, caused me to no longer recognize Catholicism. So <laughs> That was a game, man. That was a crazy game. It was. It was a good game. It's just, I don't know. Like, when they're up 28-7, to 7, just hold on. Like, how hard is it? You're up 21. But Okie State, I mean, it came out the second half and immediately, like, went right down the field. So it was immediately. But why did that quarterback look useless? That's my thing. Why did Jack Cohn look like he had never played football before in the second half? That kid, he was staring down one man and one man only, and that was the tight end. And that was the only person, he, he just stared him down every time, and it was frustrating because I'm like, if I know where you're going, the defense surely knows where you're going. And it was, he would throw in a double, triple coverage, just be like, well, that's the guy I want to throw to, so good luck, everyone, and throw it. And I was like, there has got to be somebody open. And you heard, uh, I think it was Dan Orvlosky say one time, he's like, I don't know why he's throwing there. His check down is open. He's going to have a first down if he catches it. I'm like, thank you. It was just I, frustrating. And then whoever I, that number six kid was was getting abused. Guarding number one for Oklahoma State, that kid was just abused in the second half. Every time Oklahoma the, State dropped back, I was like, I bet you they throw it to number six. It was definitely the tale of two halves in that game. But I appreciated from the point of setting the playoff that, like, those two teams played fairly even as a two-point final score game. And so neither of them looked up to beating Alabama or Georgia. So, like – like usual with this playoff, I'm not left with what could have been for one of these teams sitting right on the outside. Notre Dame actually sitting fifth right on the outside. And, yeah, I'm not convinced that after they lose to Oklahoma State that they should have been in. And then Oklahoma State, they came up a yard short in their conference championship game from being in a position to have been in that uh, playoff, you know, where if they would have won, it would put the pressure on. It probably would have knocked Cincinnati out, honestly. And, uh, yeah, it didn't look you – know, they would have gotten handled as well. But, I mean, I appreciated that game being really good considering the next two games after this, the, the playoff games were just SEC domination. Well, that games. was before. Just, that was the day before. It was on – oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. The game uh, that same day leading into it. Um, yeah, I'll just take any good game when I can get it. How's that? How's that for the answer? Yeah, New Year's Eve games – the New Year's Eve games were not good. Yeah. No. And then you I, had, I think it was the Central Michigan Washington State game that I was watching closely. Yeah, that, that was, was a, a, good game, a real tight game. And that's it. why I was I was like, okay, at least we had a good game there. Um when I looked back at it. But I was hoping we'd at least see Michigan, Georgia be a good game. And and it's just it showed the separation of of what the SEC has done. You know, with Georgia, they win thirty four to seven. They just got up and controlled, and so did Alabama. And and I'm not going to lay on Cincinnati from what I saw. I think that went what we thought it probably would go based on who was playing the game, not a G5 versus a power – none of that. I, I'm not bringing that back up because Cincinnati deserved to be there. Nothing I saw after these games have happened now, you know, looking back 2020 vision, nothing has changed my mind about who I thought should have been in the playoffs. Cincinnati should have been there. They had good players. They didn't look, you know, drastically slower than Alabama. They just look Alabama just looked deeper than yeah. than Cincinnati, and that's that's the nature of Alabama playing a lot of teams. Even other teams in SEC, Alabama looks deeper. But the same for Georgia playing Michigan. They just they just look better. Maybe not as deeper, but just better. Just better in more spots, and that's why those two teams are going to play for the national championship. That's what a lot of people predicted. This is the game we already saw a month ago, and. <sighs> I, you know what? It's, I think it's the two best teams. It's the, it's the only two teams that I thought was the best team in the nation this year for a while. I thought it was Alabama. Then I moved over to Georgia and here they are playing each other. So, you know, I know everybody's sick of sec, but it's kind of fair enough. I think they've earned it. Uh, You know, they've earned it on the field. There is somewhat of a playoff. They appear the best and they've won to put themselves in this position to be in the game against the two best teams. Yes. 
Um, watching the Cincinnati game, you know, uh, of course, the narrative at the very as soon as the game ended was, see, Cincinnati ended up getting blown out. They shouldn't have been there. That game was oh. very close for two and a half quarters. And then about halfway through the third quarter, like you said, Dev kind of took over for Alabama. What? Cincinnati's defense was very good. That's what we learned in that. Cincinnati's defense is legit. They just got tired. Their offense couldn't move the ball, and that was the frustrating part. When they got that interception at midfield and it was still a one-score game, I was like, yeah. okay, get a touchdown here, and we are, we're in business. But then the offense goes backwards, and, and that was what was frustrating there, rooting for Cincinnati in that game. But um, I was glad what happened to Michigan happened to Michigan because then it took away from the Cincinnati doesn't belong here because I was like, okay, well, your number two team just got absolutely – barnyard beat down on national tv courtesy of the georgia bulldogs in a game they were in for zero seconds i mean that game that that game was a blowout from start to finish at least cincinnati can say hey midway through the third quarter it was a one maybe a two score game and i could handle georgia winning that game i just wanted to be a game i just wanted it to be a good game between two solid teams and and michigan michigan didn't come for that i i had talked myself into thinking they were going to be in that game just out of hope, I guess. That's what I wanted. I thought they showed up real well, obviously, against Ohio State. They showed up great in the Big Ten Championship and really took care of business. So I thought, okay, they're going to show up and be ready to play. And it just looked like a month off hurt them. They were riding momentum back in November that they didn't have anymore. So uh, so who you got? I mean, this we saw this game a month ago. Yeah, I saw the I game mean, a month ago. I already know who wins. It's Alabama. I know George is the favorite. I, I'm yeah, taking the other side. I'm taking the other side on that. That's just Vegas begging people to bet. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I took out. I I had a parlay. Now, I will say this. If Georgia, if Georgia wins that game convincingly, I'll have to start the next episode with a tinfoil hat on my head, I guess, because I'm going to be of the, I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist and say Georgia threw that SEC championship game so Bama could get in the playoff. Now, if it's a close, you know, one-score game, then okay, maybe Alabama just really romped them because that game meant more to them that than Georgia. But yeah, I mean, responding to we've already seen this has happened. We a lot we see teams play each other twice a lot, and we see it reversed. We see it not reversed. We see we see everything. They're both well coached teams with a bunch of talent. Yeah, Georgia's but I don't is capable of winning this game. It they was just the lopsidedness of that game that I don't know, like. If it was yeah, a close game and Georgia Bama. lost, yeah, I'd be excited. But the fact that they just got smashed, I don't I'm know. I'm just going to recall the other weeks when Alabama didn't look their best, including a loss to Texas A&M, and just knowing that Alabama might not be their best, and I think Georgia Are you kidding? is capable of taking advantage of that. Did you not see what I, some I stupid linebacker from Alabama said going into the Cincinnati game that he felt like they were underdogs against Cincinnati? Those people are stupid. They don't even know that they are favored by everyone else in the country except Vegas. Now he's got actual tangible things to point at and say, see, we're an underdog. What makes me feel real old, though, is that like a when I grew up, I just always thought all these old people like the Rose Bowl for no good reason. They just, they just want to watch the Rose Bowl for yeah. you know, nostalgia. I'm at the point in my life where I'm just like, I got to watch this Rose Bowl because it's it produces good games year after year. I'm not saying – I know easily even look up two years ago or something. The game wasn't that great, but like more times than not, that game is spectacular. It looks pretty. And then the teams play well and it's a close game and it comes down to it. And, you know, ABC and or ESPN has their best people on it. And it's, it's just an enjoyable watch every year. And this year, even with Utah in it, which Utah is not the common name that you expect to see in that game. It was a great game and they came to battle and they had their opportunities to win that game. Their quarterback got knocked out late, which really had an impact there, even though this guy comes in and throws his first, you know, touchdown or through first completions, much less touchdown pass uh, to tie it up late. It was an incredible game to watch. I just, I like watching that Rose bowl. I make it a priority every year, no matter if it's a playoff or not, I make it a priority and it's, it pays off so many times. It didn't, it wasn't, that way that long ago though i mean like when i was in college that game stunk because it'd be the big 12 versus the pac-12 champion and the pac-12 just it'd be they when you they play an college, ohio state team that just wasn't uh, it was probably wasn't the up. second it was probably the second pac-12 team because usc was 
in the yeah. championship. Well, but Ohio State wouldn't Whatever even do well happened. in that game every time. And it would just be a blowout. And I was like, I don't need this. But you're right. The past few years have been very good. This year's was great. It was a great game it's between Ohio State and Utah. It's been a good stretch here. And, I'd um, say the last decade. I disagree. But um, I, I don't want to. I didn't. I didn't look up the numbers to prove my point. It just feels like it's been good for a stretch here. You've been out of college for a decade, haven't you? Exactly a decade. Yeah. Okay. Um, but <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah, I just. I, I thought uh, that game was really good. I thought most of the games that day were good because uh, the Fiesta Bowl that we talked about with Notre Dame and Oklahoma State was good. That was also New Year's Day. You had the Kentucky-Iowa game, which was a good game. The Arkansas-Penn State game ended up being a two-score game, but that was a pretty close game for most good of the game. game. for a while, yep. And that was like the after early And then it ended game, poorly with like, Baylor and ready. Ole Miss. Baylor and Ole Miss was so boring, but that's because Ole Miss's quarterback got hurt. I gave up. On, I, I had to sacrifice that one. For the greater good. That's fine. What a, you picked the right one. That one, <laughs> as soon yeah. as Matt Corral got hurt early, I was just like, uh-oh. And then that game just was not exciting. Yeah, um, I, I'm not saying I wasn't paying attention to what the score was. And I, I mean, I knew Corral was at, like, if, if that game was going different, I'd have watched the second half. But I, I, off, I offered up my time. <laughs> okay, which brings me to, I think, the next biggest point, yeah, despite the college there. football playoff. Um, yeah the bowl games and people opting out and people being upset. I, I saw Orioles color commentator, Ben McDonald of all people, uh, weighing in on Twitter being like, let's only be honest. You, only you would first quote an Orioles. Well, but because it's also only Joe deck would bring what Oriole person yeah. said. But the, the reason I do it is because it's also it's also a similar point echoed by others that I just I couldn't sure, name them. So, sure. but it was why don't we stop calling it opting out and call it what it is, which is quitting on your team? And but I was like, okay, Ben McDonald. Uh, and people brought this up, like, didn't you leave LSU a year early to go get drafted in Major League Baseball? Like, shut up. Like, if they don't want to play in a bowl game because they want to get the bag and they think the only thing that can hurt them is getting injured, which by the way, Matt Corral's draft stock goes down because he got hurt in that game. He still might be a first rounder, but it goes down and those picks matter in terms of dollars. And I know it's easy to say, well, what's the difference between 10 and $20 million, $10 million. That's the difference. Like, and and I think that's easy for people who aren't in that position to say, and they say, Oh, I'd want to play with my team that I've worked so hard with and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Most of those people on Ole Miss, that, that's it for them, right? Bowl game, senior year, they're done. Matt Corral, that's not it for him. He's going to go play in the NFL. Now, whether he has success or not is a different thing, but he's going to go play in the NFL. He's going to get drafted. So if Matt Corral had opted out, I'm fine with that. Matt Corral op- decided to play. He got hurt. I'm okay with that, too. I'm not going to criticize him for playing. It's their choice. They have to do what they feel is right. And I just – and – You know, I shared one tweet with you, too. I think it was from – I can't remember who it was from. Uh, But somebody saying ESPN complaining about all these players opting out when – Talking out both sides of their mouth. When all they do all year long is talk about the college football playoff, college football playoff, college football playoff, have a whole show dedicated to it for the second half of the season. And that's all they talk about. And then they're like, wow, why do they think these bowl games are meaningless? Because you do it. And because ESPN – up until this point, now they're starting to see dollar signs and be like, oh, wow, we could expand this and make more money. Let's expand it. But before that, they didn't want to expand it. I'm like, okay, well, then you've created the monster here. Yep. They've started the fire. The, the thing, I, I'm, I'm all over the place on this because I continually say the good points to the contrary of the fact that I just don't like these guys going out. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying I condemn them forever. I'm just saying I don't like it that – probably the sport that I follow the hardest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the sport that I like the most that, that I really care about. I mean, my favorite team plays in this sport. I, I just don't like it. I'm not going to condemn these guys. I'm not saying they're wrong. I probably come off of it a little bit because I've seen too many good points saying like these guys got to protect their future. There's a difference between leaving a year early and leaving before, before the bowl game. I, I do say there's a difference. If you leave it after your junior year, whatever, a season is completed. That locker room is completed. There's going to be new guys. There's going to be other people leave it. Like, and you leave at that spot. That's your, like leaving before the bowl game does feel like 
a bit of a abandonment situation. Like you are leaving early at a non ending spot, but if it's, what's best for you, it's best for you. And people want to change the whole system. I think you sent me some tweet. That was from uh, former college was, quarterback McKenzie Milton. Yeah. Was saying move the move these games up if you want the kids play it. They're never gonna do like like it's not worth spending our time talking about it because these bowl games want this time near close to New Year's. Like they they want this empty time of the sports calendar dedicated to the Then these don't bowl get games. mad when players opt out. And and I, I hear you. I hear you. And also, but people are like, let's how do we change the system to make it not this? Well, like it wasn't that long ago we didn't have this. So like let's look at what's changed in the last couple of years and think about that. It's gonna be the college football playoff is what it is, is that we put all this pressure on this playoff. But also, we don't need to change the system for such a small percentage of players that are doing this. Like I know the Hokies were lose lost a lot of players in this. We had a coaching change that really expanded that. Out of these good like Pittsburgh had their one quarterback gone. And for every Kenny Pickett, there's a Matt Corral that played. I mean, we, we, we talk about these guys not playing. We act like every single team's best player did play. Not even close to being the fact. It's such a small percentage. We don't need to change the whole system to fix this problem. We need to make the sport better. And, and I, you know, an expanded college play, football player is going to do that because you're going to have eight to 12 teams that those players aren't going anywhere. And, that, and so that might just kind of happen naturally. We just don't need to focus on – this small percentage of players that this affects because by far, because this is what Kirk Herbstreit got in his way on New Year's Day, one on game day, they're talking about kids not caring about the bowl game. And then they had a great bowl game. <laughs> they covered a great Rose Bowl right there. It seemed like Ohio State really cared about that. And Utah really cared about that. And Ohio State's one of those teams that you'd first say, they're not in the college football playoff. Why would those kids care? Well, those kids played their hearts out and won the Rose Bowl. So obviously this isn't just some horrible problem that's ruining the sport there's just individual cases that we don't like it if i'm if i'm a nfl guy and i'm deciphering between two players and everything's even and one guy seemed to leave his team early another one didn't and that's something that i can draw maybe but otherwise that would be down the list so far like how well do they throw how are they this that that's what i focus on first i have a bigger problem with guys going to the combine and electing not to throw than I would a kid not playing in a bowl game. Like, this is our time to see you. We've invited you to this event. Come perform, and you're electing what you're going to do and not do. I don't, I don't want that. I want you all about what you can do to help your team improve yourself all the time. So that would be number one before I get to this. So, I mean, I know that's a lot there, and I've kind of said both sides like people on ESPN do, but I just – I don't like it is where I'm at. I don't like when these guys sit out. But I'm also not going to condemn them and say they're wrong. I'm just saying I hate that the situation exists where they feel motivated not to finish that season out with their guys in that locker room, their teammates that, 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 that are playing in that game because that's probably it for them. That's the last time they put the pads on. I feel bad for those guys that lose a crucial part to that team right before that. Like, and that's the vast majority of the players are those guys. But I also don't want to change the system for those guys just to correct these outliers. Yeah, and I guess, you know, part of part of what I sent you, though, is, and this is what Mackenzie Milton said, uh, was if they moved them up to the week after the conference championship games, then you wouldn't have as many people opt out. Because then it's not, I'm waiting a month to start training for the NFL. Which is, and as he said, the biggest job interview of, his li- of their lives. So... By doing by staying for that bowl game, it's the same reason you want Virginia Tech always in a bowl game. Extra month of practices, extra month of you know, blah blah blah. Oh, and that's I, fine. And that's but that kid, year, that kid, that kid, yeah, that kid doesn't yeah. want to be there after that month. So for him, if he's like, look, why am I staying here for another month to train in this game that, at the grand scheme of things, does not matter? I get yeah, that. I, I get it. I don't like it. I, I I wish I wish it didn't exist that way. I mean, moving up a chunk of bowl games to the week after, it's just not going to happen that way. I mean, it's just. I think it, you're right. The, I don't think they're going to the do playoff, it. The playoff expanding and maybe getting we'll some do of those that. early yeah. uh, first round of the playoffs, maybe then. That, that'd be your best bet. But it, with the system that we have, moving games around, I mean, everybody and, wants to be closer to the And I saw New people year, saying. Yeah, I saw people saying, you know, oh, the semifinals both being blowouts is just proof that you don't need to expand the playoffs. I disagree. That's been the thing ever since we've had the college football playoff. I think if you wanted a college football playoff that's exciting, one, you need to expand it, and two, it creates parity. I, I truly believe that if you have more teams actually having a chance to get in the college football playoff, 
that you won't have the same top recruits always saying, okay, I need to go to Alabama. I need to go to Ohio State. I need to go to Clemson. And those schools, now I know Clemson and Ohio State aren't in it this year, but more times than not, those schools are in it. And they're going to say, oh, I can go to these other schools and still have a good chance. Or I need to go to Georgia um, if I want to be in the college football playoff. Like, And then the, the other fact of that is that first round, maybe the first two rounds, you're going to have some great games. That Utah-Ohio uh, State game, I think, was a 6-11. That would have been a matchup in the first round. I would have loved that. That would have been a fantastic game to watch. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, wow, what a win for Ohio State. They move on to play. And then I guess it would have been number three, uh, Georgia. But I I think you made a great point there. I think that was the point I was prepared to talk about was, okay, you expand the playoff. The first year you probably are going to have some major blowouts. But then three years, four years in, you're going to see these players spread out more because they – know their route to a national championship doesn't have to beat one of those four schools, exactly like you said. And I think it'll help the ACC conference and the Pac-12 conference get some more elite players um, and, and the Big 12 to get them back up competing with what the Big 10 and the SEC is doing, always producing playoff teams. I will say, I think Cincinnati today would win the Big 12. Uh, you don't like old, what Stoops did there at Oklahoma to you? Uh, no, I played pretty good in that ball game. <laughs> they did. That was frustrating. Uh, but I still think they would beat Oklahoma if they played them. That's the difference. I, so, so by the logic that I'm, I'm going to bang on you with is that all Stoops comes back and they look really good in the bowl game against Oregon, not a terrible, terrible team. And Who also uh, doesn't have their coach. The Lincoln Riley was the problem that negates my thinking Lincoln Riley will do good at USC. So it, it, it's yeah, I, I can't make fun of you in two directions at once. I try. I really do try. But Oregon doesn't have yeah. their coach. And uh, so that's definitely a factor. Yeah. But no, it, but that, I mean, Oklahoma played really well. Oklahoma uh, did play well, but Bob Stoops is going to be well in he's gone. games. Other times too. Yeah. So. Um, I just think that I think Cincinnati would have beaten them, uh, and oh. I think I think they would have won the Big Twelve this year. So I, my point being, they're going to the Big Twelve. I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to be the TCU that went there and then hasn't had that much success. I think Cincinnati. Would I'm be glad fine. they've gotten to keep their coach. I think that's really helpful, and um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big piece of that puzzle. Obviously, the timing of this year being in the playoffs. So he'll, his name will be hot next year, especially if they're not in the playoff. Someone's going to try to poach him. I hope he stays. I hope he knows he can go to the Big 12 and compete immediately. And, uh, and then that's your ticket. You win the Big 12, you're, getting, you're in the mix for the playoff, whether Joe likes it or not. I think they play since our Arkansas next year. I think that's their big game I saw. Did they play Notre Dame again? I don't know if they play Notre Dame again. I know, they, I know they're at Arkansas which is going to be a good game. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas, they won I'd their- love for him to go to Arkansas and beat them because then that's an SEC win that you can shove back up. Those people are so insufferable. I mean, <laughs> the bowl games they lose, it's, well, you know, they didn't care about that bowl game. We didn't want to be there anyway. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. And then when they win the college football playoff bowl games, it's like, see, we're dominant. And I'm like, now you can't have it both ways. You can't have those be your only two wins and then scream that you're the best conference. You might have the best they teams. The best I don't think they're the best conference. I think they have the best teams. There is a difference in that saying that. They got Arkansas next year, Indiana again. I don't know. Notre Dame must have been a one and done, or did they already play them once before? Because I'm not seeing them Which again. is my point with the G5 schools that you and everyone else says, oh, you have to go play, make your schedule tougher. Okay, well, those other schools only want to play them once, and then they're done. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So you have to guess who's going to be good. Now, they guessed well with Notre Dame. Hopefully they guess well with Arkansas. It was the perfect storm, and it, and it made you wrong. That's what I like the best about it. <laughs> well, next year, I think, isn't it next year they go to the Big 12? So they'll be fine. It's like, got to be one more year, though, doesn't it? I don't think so. When you're already in FBS school, I don't think it matters. I think you, that's easier to do. Yeah, I, I thought it was one more year, but that's that's for someone else to – bring up to us on Twitter. I, I miss college basketball because tech being out with COVID delayed two mm-hmm. games this week. And um, my wife being a Duke fan, which just tears at me. Uh, they've been out with COVID and uh, UVA did get one game in, but they nearly weren't able to play that one, but it just feels like college football dominates that week already. 
I like a little bit of college basketball sprinkled in, especially, you know, the ACC was playing ACC games or on the schedule this yeah, year. Yeah, conference starts I was looking now. forward to those. I was looking forward to Tech playing UNC, even though we're not at our best, but I was still looking forward to it. Um, so now they got a bunch of postponements. And, I mean, everybody's going to have to realize January is going to get crazy here with COVID. So I don't think we've seen the biggest biggest surprise of COVID delays. We saw bowl games delayed day of in some cases we've seen college basketball put to a halt in a lot of spots you know team by team um wait till the nfl really has a problem here like just i just i think we're about to see some either you think there's still gonna be testing in the playoffs i don't i don't know i don't know man i i I just don't see this thing getting better before it gets (laughs) i mean they'll they'll test i know that but i don't think they're actually testing I know the NHL shut down. I don't think that hits on the radar the way um, other things does. I, I just, I, I just would imagine in the next four weeks, the biggest news of delay or postponement or something will happen because of COVID, um, because it's just you know, the numbers are ramping up. And even, even with shutting down to five days, like CDC has adjusted to, hey, we're still going to see something big. I, I just see that. But I miss college basketball. That's, that's my point. Second, been able to play, um, so I'm looking forward to that. You missed a good Baylor home. Iowa State game, then. I did. I just I haven't been plugged in. I I, I to be fair, I very Virginia Tech centric in my college basketball watching, and 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 Duke shows up my TV a lot, but barely ACC very much so. And so that's that's kind of my so Baylor. Baylor had a good game. It was a tough game against at Iowa State. They won. Yeah. Uh, Big 12 is exciting to watch. That's a good basketball conference. SEC is not bad this year. Big 10 is up and down. It's hard to get a read. What? And we're not going to say much about college basketball, but it also reminded me that we just blew past uh, our tech bowl game. <laughs> I mean, what was to say? Our I team mean, did too. I think our team did too. They yeah. Just, they, you, had, we don't think about it. you had a ragtag bunch of players yeah. play in it. And they weren't very good, and I knew that going in. And so, like, I don't know. You had said, you know, thank you for not messaging me because I just needed to process that. I was like, I didn't – I wasn't shocked that they got killed in that game. I obviously wasn't either when right before it. I'm like, I just don't want to be embarrassed. I just want to battle. I want to have that fight in it. No, no. Um, I would have told you, Leland, that there's a 0% chance of that. I hope I we score a touchdown. Maryland at the capability of just rolling anybody. And, uh, man, they clearly did. I was surprised Ooh. they scored a touchdown. That's what I was surprised about. Well, it was when we finally let – I know he's not a good thrower, but I'd just rather die trying. I'd, I'd rather, instead of just running my quarterback into the back of the line in every single play when they're putting 9, 10, 11 in the box, I just at some point I want to die trying. If we're going to lose – Let's get let the kid throw the ball to the other team instead of just three and out running the ball. So let's just try. And the one time we do score is when we actually threw the ball with him. I wish so just, talking about players well, we who opted out. Points in, it's no matter what happens, though. A defense was talking terrible. about players who opted out. I wish Brad Cornelson would have opted out. I wish he would have followed Fuente and just said, you know what? If Fuente's not coaching, I'm not coaching. We've been like, oh, no, don't go. Um I just remember when we were looking at a new coach and people were like, okay, well, will he, he keep Justin Hamilton on me? Justin Hamilton. I was like, we don't need to. We don't need to. Like, I know he's a hokey, but we, we don't need that. And I'm being pleasant about it. And then this, this is just a good reminder. Like, let's, let's let him go grow up somewhere. Let's, let's let him go, you know? Yeah, that game was pretty rough to you watch. You love him, let him go. See if he comes back someday. <laughs> yeah, that game was pretty rough to watch, and that's okay. It was absolutely terrible. I luckily... I stayed in a good mood because that was had the recipe for ruining the day, and it, it didn't. I, I held on. Before we get off college football, I do want to talk about another bowl game that happened on Thursday night and kind of started to put a sour taste in my mouth to start the weekend. Uh, Tennessee got robbed. That oh, yeah. official totally blew it. And, and I love the, well, you know, it's a judgment thing, so they said his forward progress was stopped. It doesn't matter when the whistle was blown. I'm sorry. What? It doesn't matter when the whistle was blown. That's right. the whistle blowing signifies the end of the play. Yeah. That was nonsense no, to me. Inadvertent, inadvertent whistle. 
stops the play. play. Yeah, if it doesn't matter when the whistle blows, then why in, a, in an inadvertent whistle do we say, oh, the, well, that's when the play ended. Sorry. Right. That's ridiculous. Terrible. That was terrible. Not to mention that his forward progress was not stopped, and he reached out and got into the end zone. Tennessee yep. should have won that game. They got yep. robbed, and it made me angry. Financially. Investments were there, but <laughs> Hendon Hooker also yeah, played I, really well. He did. He's like, he's so, he's coming back another year. He could, he doesn't have to. He's coming back another year. I think that's a good call by class, him. In a weak quarterback class, I don't know. He might get paid. But I, I think for overall development, probably good. I just don't know how much higher his stock's going to get, especially next year when there's some other names we know are going to be coming out next year. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was worth a talk, and it was a discussion I had. Oh, I think he's on the Heisman list at the beginning of the yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, but he's already like the second-best quarterback in the SEC. Well, which is the, why I think if he comes back, he's on the preseason Heisman list. That's His stock goes up. And the last year's Heisman there. is also on that list. But, yeah, sure. Spencer Rattler's not winning a Heisman Trophy. I don't know how to tell him. Uh, I'm not talking anything about Heisman. I'm talking about Bryce Young, who won the Heisman this year, who's oh. back at Alabama next year. Whatever. That's, that's the words I'm saying. I don't give Spencer Rattler. I'm not talking. I don't bring him up. I Alabama sucks. I'm not impressed. <laughs> Alabama's um. terrible. They're going to lose the national championship, and he's going to be a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll probably win. Uh, but I guess that's all the college football that I really Yeah. Know. Really I mean, that's what's dominated what I've been watching. I, I mean, it's been that or Netflix stuff. But I, I was interested this week in some high school basketball. But obviously, I, I'm always a Riverheads homer. Uh, they got postponed with Fort. So I was disappointed that that game didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. They lost their last game they played. It was against Perry McClure earlier in the week. Um, and uh, so that was disappointing. They split with Perry McClure. But what I think we have set up this week for the boys basketball is Buffalo Gap versus Wilson. I think that's a, an interesting matchup. Buffalo Gap has started pretty well. They beat Stanton in the opener for the district. Excuse me. And then you got Wilson, who's yet to play a district game, but started out the season really hot overall. So I think that's the biggest game coming up. That's Friday night. Uh, that's got it. That's a big one. Um, so something to look out for to well, there. But uh, a lot of- to put pressure on. Uh, Patrick Height, uh, that was his favorite, Wilson Memorial, to win the district. So, Yeah, and they haven't played a district game yet. So this will be a, a good kickoff for that. It's at Buffalo Gap, so it kind of gives Gap a little little edge there with the home game, um, and they've played well. So it, we'll see what happens there. Um, I pick Wilson just off of what I've seen and known, but it's an opportunity for Buffalo Gap. On the mm-hmm. girls' side, you got draft at Gap earlier in the week. And, that, and Draft hasn't played many games yet, but they only have the one loss. And then Gap is that team that we just expect to be there. Uh, they, I think it was a week ago we talked about a disappointing loss for them to Stanton, but they're still a solid team. No matter, you know, one, one loss isn't going to change that. They're a solid team. So I really like that Draft-Gap game early, early in this week here um, as they get their district seasons going. And uh, there I'm picking Buffalo Gap just because of what I just said. But it's an opportunity for James Carter and Strews Draft to make a little noise. You know, if he gets that kind of win uh, early in the district season, I think that could kind of wake everybody up to Strews Draft's uh, doing something out there. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's a big game for Draft. And, you know, both of these teams are young. So that's the other interesting aspect of it. We talked about Buffalo Gap, you know, the five freshmen. Uh, But for Stewart's Draft, you know, it's eight sophomores. So that's – now they do have a senior and two juniors there, but – it's, I'm very interested to see how these two young teams play each other because when you look mm-hmm. at the style Fort plays, Riverheads is always a team that seems to be there. You just kind of think to yourself, and then we saw Stanton start off the district season well. You just kind of feel like the winner of this game has an early leg to be that maybe dark horse in the Shandoah district. I, whoever wins this game is going to be that team that we keep bringing back up into mm-hmm. games of the week. Like right. here's, here's another opportunity to prove themselves or someone to knock them off. Kind of like so, the Gap Boys beating Stanton. They get brought up yeah. now because now they got to play Wilson. It's another prove-it game. The one thing in women's basketball I saw this week that surprised me, uh, just talking about the girls here that reminded me, uh, Becky Hammond, who's been the assistant in the uh, for the Spurs in the NBA, mm-hmm. she was 
uh, the finalist for the Portland Trailblazers head coach job last year. And we talked about it a little bit on the podcast. And I, you know, I'm, I, I have been and will continue to be hopeful that a woman can uh, be a head coach of an NBA team. So I don't, I don't see a reason for them not to have that opportunity at some point. Sure. Um, and it really seemed like she was going to be the first at some point or another, and it was going to come soon. Well, she accepted the job to be the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces out there. She's from out there. So I get why she wanted to do that. It's all, you know, it's a head coaching job as well. And, um, but I think it does probably take her out of the mix in the next year or two to be a head coach in the NBA. And it seemed like she was gaining momentum for, to be able to be in that kind of spot. So is it going to be another woman that gets into that opportunity? I know there's other women around the league, so that's very possible. Or does she do well with that Las Vegas team here for a few years and then be ready for a jump over to the NBA side? So um, I, I was disappointed that that the one we're looking to, to be uh, the first woman head coach is kind of probably put a delay in that uh, for herself. But um, I'm excited for her opportunity, and she deserves every opportunity she gets because she's been a great – um, coach there for the Spurs. And, and when you have someone like Popovich, you know, vouching for you, I mean, there's a lot of guys in this league that had wished Pop- Popovich, Popovich was uh, vouching for him, and she has that. So um, I'm disappointed to see that at the moment just for the greater story, but happy for her. Yes. Two things. Since you just mentioned Popovich, that might be something where she needs to get out of there because the more he stays around, the less that means. Popovich is a great coach, but his teams are not doing well recently. He was not fantastic with the USA basketball run he just had. They're making a change there for a reason at USA basketball. Um, I think, secondly, going to the WNBA is great for her. I hope she. I wish her a lot of success there. I wonder in today's day and age, I know you, and you're probably right. Eventually, it will happen, and it'll be a good day when it happens. But I don't yep. know if right now is the right time. And I say that not because I don't think a woman can do it, but just because it it almost seems the coach is irrelevant. It seems like players get in, and if they don't like the guy that's the coach, they get it rid of him. So it almost seems like it's the player's call. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the right thing and the right situation to throw somebody like that into. When right, well not rightly, but wrongly however she does is going to be a case study for everybody else that follows her. That's a woman. It's, it's kind of like I told you leading up to the Cincinnati game. All right, Cincinnati, you got the weight of every G5 on your shoulders right now. Like, and I don't think that's right. I, don't, I think everyone should be judged on a case-by-case basis, and their qualifications should be the reason they get a job. And I think there is – I think she is – being an assistant coach as long as she has been in the NBA – I think she's more than qualified for a head coaching job. I just think in today's day and age, when I see, you know, Kyrie Irving is going at it with the head coach or Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets are, you know, we picked Steve Nash. And you look at LeBron gets this coach fired. But how about like Eric Spolstra? How about a guy like that who has coached the superstars and gotten along with them, has done rebuilds? Yeah, quickly. and if she's and able to do like that, I, then fine. I, I just don't know if I would want to throw somebody in that situation. I wonder if she's able to go back to the Spurs. That's kind of was my first thought is that she goes here, gets that head coaching experience, and then the Spurs job opens up in a couple of years. And I wonder if that's like a good opportunity for her to man, maybe that's what it's gonna take for her to actually get that spot. Cause her being a finalist this year, maybe, maybe this was a hump she wasn't gonna be able to get over. Maybe she was already feeling that for it taking a little while to get there. I you know, I, I just start to throw that in my mind. Um like let her get that head coach experience. So when the Spurs have the opening, they'll be willing to give somebody with head coach experience the the job, and even and and she'll she'll have the best of both worlds. She'll be the inside person and head coach experience. So I, I there there was the side of it that I thought maybe this makes it actually happen. Like something's got to kick for it to actually happen, mm-hmm. and 
yeah. So I, I don't know. There's two ways of looking at it. I, I think the coach doesn't matter <laughs> on this team with superstars. When you have a, like a big three or four, like the Nets or the Lakers or, you know, when LeBron's so dominant, I think there's plenty of other, you know, there's what 28 NBA teams. I think there's, you know, half of those that like, I think, it does matter. And she could go in there and do a great job. And I think there's been other good, like look at the Toronto's head coach. He does a great job. Um, and, and with or without a superstar, like, you know, or, you know, he's managed it. So I think there's plenty of teams that like, it does matter. I think I wouldn't want to throw her in with a big three right away. I, I wouldn't want to that. I, the Spurs ownership and the, the culture that as part of the Spurs program there, I, I feel like could be the right fit, but yeah, I, I don't mind the Spurs kind of fit. I thought Portland could have worked too, though. I thought Portland could have worked too. See, I don't know. Damian Lillard's there, and um, there was the other player who I think it's Chauncey Billups got the job. I I just thought they went with, you know, the guy that played in the league for mm-hmm. so long, or, and that was the reason. But she was a finalist for a reason, and that's because she's good enough. So, like, that's what I, I don't thought. Think, and been. me saying I don't think it would have been a good fit in Portland is me not saying she's not good enough to be a coach. It's just me saying I think yeah. that would have been the same problem. I think she would have ran. It would have been, okay, does Damian Lillard like you? Because if he doesn't, you're gone. Because they're trying to keep Damian Lillard. They're yeah. hoping Damian Lillard doesn't leave. That's what Portland wants right now. Yeah. So uh, that when I say coach doesn't matter, that's what I mean. Yeah. They will get rid of a coach if it means they keep Damian Lillard. Outside of sports, what have you been getting into this week? Uh, well, two things. The Book of Boba Fett started. Oh, yes. That. Let's talk about that. Watch Spoilers that. coming. Yeah. Spoilers coming. It's episode one of a new series, so it won't spoil everything. But spoilers coming. If you don't want to hear anything about it, skip ahead five minutes. I loved it, man. Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I also love the fact, and I picked up on it immediately because I, I remember it so well, on uh, Parks and Rec, you have Patton Oswalt's crazy character who just goes into the town hall meetings spouting Star Wars fan fiction. This episode had exactly what he explains in the fan fiction. He said, so I loved it. As soon as he said, ar- like, the arm came out of the sand, I was like, oh, crap, that's from Parks and Rec. Like, I love they, they didn't do that by mistake, and maybe that's just about the only way you can do it. And But they owned Like, they acknowledged it with the way they did it, and I love that. And I I, I just – he gets it. Um, uh, and I'm just blanking on his name at the moment, uh, the director for John Mandalorian. Favreau. Favreau gets it, man. He just understands this Star Wars universe and how to produce – like, Disney just needs to keep paying that man because he's – I'm not saying it's the greatest – storytelling of all time but it, it's just the, he has the recipe he has the right recipe and he's doing a great job and he's bringing the right episode directors and the right writers into the situation that they're absolutely doing i loved i thought it was a great first episode uh i liked mandalorian probably earlier a little bit better than what i saw that one episode but it, this really sets up a lot of good stuff and for the mandalorian you just feel like he's better like it's a lot of you not seeing any walk the i don't feel like you're seeing a whole lot of walk the line with mandalorian you're seeing a lot of good it's it seems like you're watching the jedi the luke skywalker you know feeling of what Mandalorian. this is going to walk the line of good and bad more like you're going to see some like i mean he's he's sitting in uh, he's a crime lord. Hutt. yeah he's a crime lord yes <laughs> he acknowledges that he is there's gonna be this is gonna be more um boyd crowder <laughs> of a situation than it is uh, what we saw with the Mandalorian, where he's going to do some bad stuff, and, and but it, I, I'm just looking forward to every episode of this. Yeah, it's that trailer where he's like in the trailer. He keep, they keep playing the the clip of him saying, "I'm going to rule with respect" or whatever, and I was like, mm. and this no, is where this is where I do <laughs> wonder if this is like a Disneyized version of Boba Fett because when you watch those original movies, he's a bounty hunter. He gets paid to do a job. There's going to be some bad. He's doing There's some. Gonna be some bad. They're better. They're better. Because if it's always like, well, I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to be like, that's not what Boba Fett is. But there's going to be some code to it. That's that's why I brought Boy Crowder up. Like, there's a code amongst thieves or whatever, you know, that, that kind of thing. There's going to be some of that. There's going to be some, like, what's the right way to handle this. But, like, 
also there's going to be some battery. He's just going to take some people out. And, and it's because it's going to be thief, thieves on thieves. You know, it's going to be crime on crime, crime. And it's going to be, I say, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to and it. This is I don't the think we have a baby Yoda here. I think we're going to keep this a little bit, a little rougher. Yeah. And, and this is just a personal preference. And unfortunately it's involved with two shows that I've watched this weekend. Um, I'm not big on flashbacks. Like I would just wish, tell what you got to tell with the flashback and then let's, let's go. Um, the constant going back and forth for me is like, all right, like, come on. Um, I think that's going to stick around. I do. And there's a chunk of time. It'll be a, it'll be a test for me, but, um, station 11 is the other one station 11. And it's going to be throughout the entire series. So I know that, um, but it's it's also infuriating because I'm like right when they get to something I want to know what happened they like go back to present time and I'm like I don't give a flying bleep about present time show me that <laughs> and then move on like so uh, yeah but anyway that's I not the it. other show I wanted to talk about the other show I wanted to talk about was Letter Kenny season ten got released um, go. knocked out all six episodes of that already so which service is that on that's Hulu. It's just, good. That saves me a Google. You saved me a Google. Thank yeah, you. it's good. Um, definitely don't watch it with your kids. A lot of suggestive yeah. stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, and the episodes are short. So, I appreciate – I watched Mandalorian, the first episode, maybe two, without – well, my wife hadn't watched any Star really much Star Wars. And I watched it with my kids because I was like, can they handle this? Because I know, you know, it's right. set a little darker. Um, and then I picked up very quickly that they would be able to handle it. And it's been great. With Boba Fett, I just went in trusting. And I, I can feel some dark there, but we're good now. We're also a year older, so we're good. Um, Mrs. Maisel, we're doing a rewatch. We just cranked it up uh, two nights ago. Uh, we're two episodes into the rewatch. Season one, episode two is what we just finished. Uh, because we're getting ready for February coming out. So I'll talk about it again in February. But I just am reminded of how great such quality that show is, but also very entertaining and very funny and um, smart television. And they just do a really good job. Uh, So if anybody hasn't watched that show yet, I highly recommend it. I think it's a great uh, couples show. Um, So I don't know if I'm exactly talking to you, Joe, but (laughs) I just start driving the knife in and turn it. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I just think it's a good show. Because, I mean, very early in this, there's, this couple's divorcing. And I just, like, there's, like, a dynamic there that's that's interesting. Um, not that I agree with the guy's side at all, but I just think it's an interesting dynamic. And, and the show really does cultivate that dynamic. So I, I really like that show. Um, it's hilarious. And there's, I think, watching it a second time now, there are some one-liners I probably got lost in the laughter um, the last time because she's a very quick speaker when she's doing her comedy. Um, but also some of the family stuff where there's like multiple people talking and her parents are such characters um, with, with Monk being one of them, being the dad and stuff. Uh, there's some one liners in there that are just hilarious that I think I missed the first time. So um, I just, I, I recommend that again um, to you and to everybody else, but like, yeah, it's very good. We'll see. I'm on a dystopian kick, so that's probably not going to make the list here recently. For the near future i was really recommending it steve uh this he was over for uh one of those days um new year's eve he was over mm-hmm. and uh i was like seriously y'all should watch this so they with yellowstone wrapping up i was hoping to to hop in there i think they're going the way of succession next which i'm not arguing i think that's a good show so it is it's a fantastic show i i really do dig that show and um the other aspect with that is that there are no people to root for. So if they liked Yellowstone, they'll like Succession. It's just modern day. It's set in the media world instead of the ranching world. And, and that's why Mrs. Maisel is a far different gear than those shows. There's, there's a lot of positive, a lot of, a lot of smiling. Um, so it's, it's good. Um, this week coming up, I'm excited that um, we're, hopefully the snow doesn't kill everything this week, though I hear there's more at the end of the week. Um, but I'm I'm a, I just I'm ready to plug into high school basketball. I feel like we've skirted around on the on the podcast and I've looked up scores, but I'm ready to like pay attention to as it's going on and be excited. I'm really excited about these. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to the girls and guys Wilson versus Gap on Friday. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be fun. I I'm also anxious to get my little league team out on the court against other people. So I'm 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 getting ready for basketball. That's what I've said. I I was talking ACC and wishing COVID hadn't destroyed it. I'm ready for high school. I'm just I'm ready for basketball. Yeah, basketball will be good because um, football is wrapping up and our NFL. But the NFL teams, still has a month. I guess our teams aren't. Maybe your Ravens might not have a month. Your Steelers aren't going to have a month either. I would oh, my Steelers definitely don't have a month. I've, I've accepted that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just saying, I think it, it, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, your team does not have a month because you're probably, chances are you're a, the local teams are the Ravens and the football team. They're both out. Yeah. Uh, Leland Steelers Still are out. out. That's another popular team. If you're a Cowboys fan, you got a while to go. Um, and I guess if you're an Eagles fan, John. But Man, did you see that Braylon fall? I mean, they're lucky that Jalen Hurts was walking on the right side of that yeah. tunnel instead of the left side of that. Like the NFL, I mean, that would have been absolutely a disaster. And then, and then, I mean, yeah, I know you heard your degree, you'll come back to it, but like for what happened, Jalen's immediately kind of smiling. He helps the Eagles fan up and then they're hugging and they're taking a selfie. Like it all went best case scenario for the horrible thing that happened. Like your railing breaks, no one gets hurt. It's Philadelphia fans on the field level in Washington. Like it's just a, this could be a terrible situation and it just Washington was lucky right there. Well, it was Philadelphia fans celebrating a Philadelphia player after a Philadelphia win. Sure. But then once you're on the field level, where did they, <laughs> if I know a lot of Philadelphia fans that climb light poles that have been pre-greased, I just can imagine what hooliganism. Yeah. But they're, they're celebrating with level. a player that right now they think is, better than Tom Brady. So good job, Jalen. Yeah. I'm going to go beat the heck out of somebody. <laughs> yeah. But if they had lost, it would have been, Oh my goodness. Get Jalen yeah. out of there. Um, but or yeah, Jalen's falling on top of Dan Snyder or... would say that this is why we need a new football stadium. I've been trying to get a new football stadium and trying to get the money for it. Blah, blah, blah. So tear down RFK and build a stadium in that spot. That's all. I, that's all I want for them. I don't care where they put it. They need a new stadium. Geographically, it's just perfect. I don't care where they put it. They need a new stadium. That stadium is not fun. It's not a good stadium. It's not fun to go to. It's not fun to ever since they moved out to Maryland. Definitely it's not been fun to get out. Part of the problem. It's been part of the problem. So I whatever you do, yeah, don't build your stadium in rural Maryland. That my or rural goodness. Virginia. Well, if they put it in Virginia, it's rumored to be in the right there close. I know. I know. Ashburn right area. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, not exactly rural, but yeah, it just close, as close is. to the capital as possible. Yeah, and, and I don't cool. have a problem with them tearing RFK down, but I, I just in today's day and age, it's gonna have to be bigger than RFK. So you're gonna need more space than just RFK, and it's hard to find land in in DC. Yeah, it, it can happen there. It can happen there. That's getting held up because uh, DC, the government, the national government owns it. That's the hold up there. Just get that solved. Well, part They're of it not was, too, the, that they wanted them to change the name, and they've changed Let's change that, it. So. so let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I hear you. They need a new stadium. Um, but what else? Something else happened in the NFL we need to talk. Oh, A.B. losing his mind. I don't know what to say here. I don't either. I, I He was a former Steeler, so, I, I mean, that's why I'm – It's just That's like, not why I'm hesitating. I know. I know. I – I don't think you, I don't think we have to not talk about it. Like to just to, to, to take this direct point. I don't think it's like something we don't have to talk about. Cause like he acted out of, out of sorts completely on the football field in front of everybody on TV. So like, I think you can acknowledge the craziness that happened now, obviously like he's probably battling a lot. And the fact that Arian said, I mean, he's not a good, he's not a buck anymore, but then, you know, right after that saying, I care about it, you know, hope the best for him. Tom Brady kind of going to the same, like, obviously there's been other stuff to, you know, this isn't coming out of left field for them, much less him. The last three teams or two teams he's been on, it's not out of left field at all, mm-hmm. but um, man, it was just such a terrible look. And I, I don't know for a guy that's been really needing second chances, third chances, like after that, I, it's going to be hard to reward him with another chance. It is, and I think... Because it's not like he's as good as he used to be either. Like, I think 
that it is important that he not play anymore. I think great for him. It's yeah. it's like when you see a player that has concussion issues and you're watching them play and they keep getting hurt and they keep getting concussions and a team just finally says, you know what? We need to part ways here. And the player then looks for another job. I always get nervous when that happens because I'm like, look, I, I think the correct answer is he doesn't play here anymore, like yep. in the league. And I think that's what needs to happen for Antonio Brown. I don't, I'm not saying CTE is involved. It, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. But there's definitely something wrong there. And when he left Pittsburgh and went to the Raiders and then you saw him kind of have his stuff there with the Raiders and then there was the stuff between the Raiders and the Buccaneers – and he signs yeah. with the Buccaneers, and then there's some off-the-field stuff there at the very beginning, too, and you're like, what is happening? But he still plays, and now this playing out in New York on TV is just, yeah, my, my first reaction was, what is he doing? And then as soon as he does that, I'm like, well, probably not going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after that. And then once he gets cut, my next reaction is, man, I hope nobody else signs him because – you you hear the people saying, you know, well, we can't make fun of this. He needs, you know, he needs professional help. And I'm like, okay, well then I'm I'm all for that, but that probably means he doesn't play in the NFL. Because I don't think that's helping. Yeah. And he's gonna hurt himself. He's gonna hurt himself. He's gonna Yeah, I don't think that it's helps. Sad. It's sad, but also I mean it really does stand out. And and um, you know, we're talking a lot about mental health right now. We talk a lot about uh Simone Biles sitting out, mm-hmm. we talk about the tennis player, that name is escaping me. Um, Amasaka is probably the wrong way to announce it. Um, she, I shouldn't have tried. Um, you know, she sat down to some tennis because of mental health. Other people, you know, Kevin Love has, you know, been very open about it. We've seen other stuff. Now we got ladies at Virginia Tech, yeah. the voice of uh, Virginia Tech. Um, he's stepping away because he wants to, you know, help people lead an effort, uh, helping for mental health and, and providing, I assume a voice for mental health, um, which I'll miss him as Virginia tech. I'll, I'll just say that there. Um, but yeah, I, there's a lot of focus on mental health right now. And so I think it, it, this is another piece to that. And I, I guess I respect Twitter for like acknowledging that because it is the easiest thing just to kind of make fun of it, I guess, in a way, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say there's not a joke or two to be had, but, like once you're able to sit on it for a second, you realize it's not it's not that funny. Um, when he when he doesn't have clothes on, when he's taking his clothes off on the that's sideline, the, yeah, maybe off, that's the funny part. Like, but it, the other not funny part is where this leads if he keeps yeah. right down the right. road he's on. And, and some of the stuff that was involved with the off the field stuff before this was not funny stuff. Like, and that's where yeah. you're like, all right, somebody needs to step in here and just say, look, football's not for you. Yeah, and like we always say, uh, and it's wrong. Uh, like people's talent is what that's, but gets that's the extra chances. At the end think, of the day, that's all they care about. I, think I, I hope we are. I, I hope we are. are. I don't think his production stands out the way it used to, to where a team's going to sacrifice that. I wouldn't. I but I wouldn't have had him here. So, yeah, I, I wrote him a lot. when he left the Steelers. I was done with thinking he was worth having. So, obviously now I don't. I hope so. I just don't know the playoff schedule for next week. And I'm looking forward. I always like that last week and they group the games together the best they can to get primetime games to mean something. This year's a little harder. So many teams have clinched. So I think it's a lot more about seeding this year, um, but that'll be interesting next week. So I'm looking forward to all that. I think, I think everybody listening obviously knows the NFL takes over in January and will dominate our weekends, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. And hopefully we can, Maybe get together and watch one of those games. That would be fun uh, in the playoffs, but we'll see. Yeah, one of the next two weekends, we're going to make a make a mandatory that we go. We're going to be battling little league basketball schedule too. Just heads up on that. But uh, well, those games are in the morning, are they not? No, it varies mm. each 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 week, each day. <laughs> well, we'll so, see. We'll yep. talk. We'll talk about that. But uh, I know we're getting ready to get out of here. I want to remind everybody: this one's dropping early good example of why you need to be subscribed to the exports podcast, but you never know, you know, when Joe and I are together, uh, we might pop a podcast out or something, or there might be big breaking news at some point that we need to talk about. So just a reminder, if you like to listen to us, subscribe to us just so that's automatically in your feed, ready to go whenever we put one of these out. So just, that's a big time reminder 
Just make sure you're you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode or miss if something something comes up that you want to hear our point of view from. Uh, we'll we'll have one out there for you. Yeah, and you can subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. You can also subscribe on the Podbean app. Uh, that's exactly where you'll find our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. You can also find us on Twitter. We're at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook Yak Sports Pod, and that is Yak spelled Y A C. Your Augusta County Sports Podcast. You can also email us if you're old school Yak Sports Pod at gmail.com. Like Leland said, uh, if you're subscribed, you'll always catch these new episodes whenever they come out. We will hopefully be talking more local sports starting next week yeah. if we can dance around the weather. Uh, the high school doesn't exactly in. have, you know, Christmas Day games to talk about. <laughs> yeah, they don't. And then snow kind of probably hampered the early games so um, in the week. But we'll hope that uh, later in the week they can get those games in and we'll have something to talk about and be bringing you that as well as the winter rolls on. Until then, for Leland McRae, I'm Joe Deck. And again, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Exports Podcast. Have a great week.